The NFL is back, and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is giving all new players a can't-miss offer for Week 1. Bet just $1 on any NFL game during the first week of the season and receive 200 bucks in free bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN to receive $200 in free bets when you place a $1 bet on any Week 1 game. That's promo code THPN to get your free $200 in free bets instantly for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Yo, what up? Welcome to another episode of the Oakland Warriors podcast. I'm Patrick, and I am joined by my good friend, Aram in Toronto. Aram, what's new? Uh, nothing. <laughs> <laughs> what's new with you? Uh, well, the off-season craziness is over, so that's kind of new. Um, I get to take a, a breath a little bit. It's, it was really intense for a while, and it was a lot of fun, but... You know, you, you said after the draft, you were tired after free agency and summer league. I, I was tired. So now we get to relax and just, you know, pontificate. It is, it is a little weird. It's kind of like, oh, what do we what do we do now? Like, how do we, you know, what kinds of things should I think about the Warriors and, and the NBA? Because it's it, it is reached that true offseason point. Yeah, it's like you go on Twitter and it's just there's nothing. It's just made up stuff drama for no apparent reason but we'll get to some of that yeah i think we're gonna talk a little bit about that <laughs> yeah but i wanted to kind of talk about summer league because now that it's over we got a chance to watch some of these guys and it was fun it was fun like it had been a while since i actually cared about summer league because the warriors never really had anybody in summer league that was that interesting to me mm. in the last several years. I mean, if Wiseman played this year, that would have been unbelievable. It would have been worth the drive to Las Vegas, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So what did you think about Summer League overall? Well, I think it was pretty successful. I you, I think we talked after one of the first or second games and, you know, Moody is as advertised, Kaminga, super exciting. So just to see them get extended minutes and uh, our first look, I mean, it gave you, you know, it, it's something to dream on in this in this next uh, couple of months for sure. Mm -hmm. uh, I think without them, and you see the roster. I mean, it's interesting. There was uh, we got to see Justinian Jessup a little bit. He looked pretty rough uh, in the first in the first part of summer league, and then uh, he kind of picked it up towards the end. You saw a few a few flashes. Um, and I don't know what that kind of uh, adjustment was. I don't know why it seemed so difficult for him, but, you know, maybe it's just a different level of competition and different level of athleticism. I, I think it's no harm. He can go back to the NBL and develop some more and, and you get your butt kicked a little bit. You can figure out some of the things you need to work on. So hopefully that's something he can do and will still have his rights. I, I mean, I, I think after Kaminga and Moody, I was going to say that, uh, you know, the rest of the roster was like, uh, some interesting people, but that's kind of typically what the, our summer roster uh, has felt like. So, so you're right in that, like, 
this felt like uh, the excitement of, you know, uh, of, of a 90s of a 90s draft or uh, except we never had very exciting draft picks back then. But I, I don't know if you ever went to like the Pro-Am League uh, in the 90s back in the, no. the Bay Area. I mean, no. I think I, um, I I went to one of those. It was at uh, Kizar, uh, the little tiny basketball arena in, at Kizar. And I'm pretty sure I saw Jason Kidd play. And he may have still been in high school or maybe a freshman or something. And he was, uh, I mean that was incredible. That was such an electric atmosphere. So, you know, this summer league with our new prospects kind of harkened back that memory for me. Yeah. I never went to a pro-am, but I've said this before, I think to you, like I saw Jason Kidd play at the Coliseum at the state title game. And that was pretty impressive. Um, I remember watching that on TV. That was wild. Yeah. It was so good was incredible. Yeah, he was he was so good. I mean, even though he was only 6'4", he looked so much bigger than everybody else because he was so wide. He was bigger, faster, stronger, yeah. But yeah, no, this summer league, man, it's like I mean, first off, Kaminga, I'm super excited about that dude. Everything that we had hoped from him, we saw obviously his shooting is inconsistent. He has some bad He's had some bad turnovers and made some bad decisions, but like the tools are there and I like his attitude, you know, mm-hmm. he isn't afraid. And just having that guy that can body somebody is awesome, right? The Warriors haven't had that really in a long time. How long has it been since they had somebody who could just, besides Kevin Durant, just go get to the basket without any fear. Like he's the one that will scare people when he drives to the basket and I love that. And Moody, I think I texted this to you. I don't know if this is like a a good take or a terrible take, but the same way I hearken back to my childhood and I was like, Kent Bazemore reminds me of Terry Teagle. I was like, Moses Moody reminds me of Rod Higgins. <laughs> <laughs> and that's that's not a bad thing. I mean, like a modern day Rod Higgins who can do a few things. And I think Moses Moody obviously will be a much better player <laughs> than Rod Higgins. Rod Higgins had a he had a great career. Uh, was a GM of the of the Charlotte Bobcats, right? So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah One of Michael Jordan's good best basketball friends. life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. good yeah. basketball life. Justinian Jessup. I mean, he's somebody that we kept forgetting to mention. <laughs> and I I don't think I've publicly taken this back but all last season i would say justinian jessup is better than Corey kispert and i will take that back (laughs) i will take that back right now because i was wrong (laughs) the speed of the game in the nbl yeah there there is that difference man he just looked like he was out of sorts for so much of the the first set of games he picked it up like you know i i feel like he got a little bit more used to the speed of the Mm -hmm. game but still like there's another level once you get to the big leagues and he definitely doesn't deserve a roster spot i'm very curious to see what he does will he go back to australia or i mean if he was getting used to the speed if he stayed in Santa Cruz, you know, like, is that like in terms of his game, I think it would be really, really worth it. But in terms of like 
you know, I don't know how much money he would make in Australia. I think he still has, is under contract with the NBL. So the uh, only way that he would be able to to not honor that is if he was on a fifteen, uh, one of the top fifteen on a roster. So okay, yeah. yeah. So I mean, I think it's good for him anyway. It's uh, I, I think some of those things, and you know, you're Mia Culpa. You're not the only one who thought that. Like, how many times did we see on Warriors Twitter uh, Illawarra Hawks highlights? You know, and it was Bogut uh, on his podcast or or Strauss's podcast saying like, "You can't leave him in the corner." You know, <laughs> so. I, he didn't say it like that, but it was so much verve. But uh, he did say, yeah. That. I mean, seeing Jessup, his shot just doesn't look smooth. You know, I'm not saying it's broken at all; it's fine. But it just doesn't look like, oh wow, that's a that's a sweet shooting stroke. You know, it um, seemed a little Michael Mulder esque in that, like, oh, he'll make the ones that don't count you know what i mean uh and and there's some kind of like special skill to that about making the ones at the important moments or important times in a game whether it's going to extend a run or it's going to break up the momentum of the other team rather than coming in uh you know you you get your cup your two or three threes uh when you're playing garbage time 15 15 points down you know uh mm-hmm. i all the games I saw him, um, I think there was one game where he hit some like meaningful shots and the rest was, they were all coming at inopportune times or, or, or just not important times. And he just looked like a step and a half slow on defense against yeah all these dudes. So um, yeah, I would love for him to, to get more experience in Australia and just know the speed that he has to get to, to come back and play in the NBA. But, you know, they took a flyer on him second rounder, you know, in the draft. And um, yeah, yeah, it is, it is what it is. Were there any other players that uh, stood out on the roster outside of, you know, Kaminga and Moody that the names I feel like were most talked about were, uh, I don't know how to exactly say it, but Jacory McLaughlin. I'm, I'm yeah, guessing that's yeah, how you say yeah, it. Yeah, the dude out of You read the name. Yeah, yeah. And then, um, and then Kyle Guy, who's had a little bit of NBA time. And then, um, then the big man. I mean, I, I think, first of all, Kyle Guy, I like that dude in uh, preseason last year. I didn't realize that I did too. He got booted from the team or they let him go. I thought that, I mean, obviously I didn't follow the Kings that much, but I thought he was one of those dudes. I thought he was going to be like a Peyton Pritchard type for them. Maybe mm-hmm. not as tough off the bounce, but when I saw him, I was like, whoa, okay. They let him go. Uh, I like him. Uh, I think if they can keep him in the G league, he might be able to be somebody if they need to bring up a, a shooter definitely has flaws. I, I love the fact I'll got to say, I love the fact that I look at the Warriors tentative 15 man roster and I can't find a spot for him. I love that. Mm. Right. Cause like last mm. year it's like, Oh yeah. You know, you find a spot for <laughs> sure, him. Why not? Why not? Yeah, <laughs> you know? <bring> it <laughs> yeah. So the fact that it feels like we have uh, some solid NBA players on the on the big league roster is uh, is something I I don't take lightly. But hopefully they can keep Kyle Guy I like him. Um, 
and the McLaughlin kid out of UCSB. Yeah, I mean, he's he's good. I mean, people seem to like him. I think he's okay. I think his shot is really inconsistent, and he was kind of a chucker. But, yeah, it seems like, honestly, like a long-term G League potential to me. And he doesn't seem to do anything great. Like, he doesn't seem like he's a great point guard, and he doesn't seem like a great shooter. He seems like a great UCSB player and that's not a knock on UCSB but like just some guy who will have to spend probably a couple years if not more in the G League to find what it is he does great that one NBA skill if he does become a lights out shooter you know or if he is able to become a defender like I mean look at Gary Payton the second you know like he's a good defender and athletic but his inability to shoot as you've mentioned before has probably hurt him a lot so like I think for McLaughlin, like finding what that skill is and perfecting it would be how he gets into the league. Yeah. I mean, he seems like he has decent size and, you know, his, his counting stats were not bad. Um, You know, the athleticism seems like it could be an issue, uh, especially at the next level after uh, the G league, but um, yeah, interesting prospect and, can see there there have been plenty of players who have developed in the g league and uh and now you know i was listening to um the tampering podcast and they had blake murphy who's the the raptors uh beat writer for the athletic and he was talking they were talking briefly about the warriors and how much that uh Mala Leila uh going to the warriors how big of a deal that is um, just because his his you know fingerprints or handprints are all over the Raptors development system and um, and so many players uh, really credited him with turning them into NBA players. So you know I don't know how how involved he'll be in, in that realm. Is he mostly working on development with the the big league roster, or is that is some of that stuff going to trickle down? But um, but so yeah, I mean who who knows. Um, and I guess, you know, the guy that's got to be kicking himself the most is uh, Smiley Geach. Like, damn, they just brought in all these development guys uh, <laughs> right when I'm out the door. So just when I needed them. <laughs> but. I know you're a big fan of uh, Gary Payton the second. So now I first got to say uh, we had this whole thing about Nico versus Gary Payton the second. And then like a few days later, Nico commits to Italy <laughs> And he basically, which like, I think is a good move for him. It's a good. I move think it's awesome. He'll make more money. He'll the Warriors still have his rights. I think that's fantastic. And he'll get better. He'll get better. And, He's and, gonna get so much playing time. Yeah, he'll get so much more playing time. And I, I still look forward to the day that he comes back in this amazing, like glorious chariot. <laughs> comes back, and Manion Island is once again a, a prime uh, vacation spot. But yeah, so now for me, I'm like dude put Gary Payton the second on the roster man you know like he is that point of attack defender that the Warriors need I can't think of anyone else they can sign right now well they have Michael Mulder and and it, I think it will come down for those two for that 15 spot and then unless somebody you know they they sign somebody else who would you take who do you want out of those two yeah uh, I I would take Gary Payton the second just because uh, like you mentioned, I mean, the roster is, they addressed a lot of some of their shooting problems. They have Porter's a good shooter. Bielitsa's a good shooter. 
I mean, at this point and the and the depth that you were speaking of, like Damian Lee's the 14th guy right now. So that's pretty good. Uh, you know how I feel about Damian Lee. Um, and so all caps, all caps. And uh, so, you know, Michael Mulder, what can he contribute to that? Um, I mean, they're very different players. They'd be an amazing player if if you could somehow <laughs> merge them. <laughs> Gary Mulder, <laughs> the fourth. Um, so, <laughs> That's but, an all-star player right there. <laughs> he'd be amazing. He'd be dunking and bombing threes. Uh, he'd be... I don't know who he'd be like Gilbert Arenas. Um, but uh, uh, <laughs> he'd be I, like a six, three Davion Mitchell. <laughs> yeah. So I would take Gary Payton because he, his defense uh, can affect games in, and well, it's funny you mentioned Davion Mitchell. Um, I, I think people saw how much, how disruptive his defense was in the summer league. And uh, I think Gary Payton's defense is, very disruptive. Uh, so maybe if it's just 10 minutes a game or something, but that is his standout skill. And um, they have enough shooting on the roster, uh, especially with Clay's return. So you, you can hide him and he's athletic enough to guard up or play in the dunker spot or, or whatever. Um, and, and also one of the other things too, is that you look at some of their, um, their kind of uh, their depth pieces, like, Damian Lee, Juan Toscano Anderson, uh, you know, Gary Payton kind of fits that timeline, quote unquote, of dudes who have been playing a while, maybe not playing in the NBA a long time, but, you know, they're veterans of basketball. And so they they know how to fit into something. So I I mean, and, and I like Mulder, too. Um, I think he's a 82 game player, which is important when they're going back to an 82 game season. So you got to get through somehow. But uh, I, I think I think it just duplicates a little bit too much. So that's my very long winded answer. I agree 100 percent. I <laughs> I still haven't really forgiven Michael Mulder for missing every clutch shot <laughs> that got into his hands last season. Like he would hit in the middle of the game, a couple threes, but then when it came time in like the last two minutes, clank, clank, clank. And yeah, he's, he was on the roster last year because they needed somebody, you know, like his, mm-hmm. the benefit of him was hitting threes. And like you said, they hopefully, I mean, in my opinion, hopefully Moody takes those threes yeah. instead of Mulder and Mulder is decent defensively, but that's not his special skill right like he's not that great at point of attack he was just a 6-3 guy with really mm-hmm. long arms who could do some things and yeah I 100% would take Gary Payton just to have that guy as you said 10 minutes if you're playing Damian Lillard put him on there tire Lillard out a little bit more when Steph's not in there or even when Steph isn't in, is in there and he gives somebody else besides clay i mean who knows what what clay is going to do on the defensive end and what his assignments are going to be when he gets back he's not going to be chasing kyrie irving you know Mm -hmm. so that hedges a little bit on that angle as well so and i like gary payton the second and good for him for being at summer league at age 28 or whatever and hustling and trying to make the team and you know i'm sure you've heard as well that like gary payton has never really had an opportunity to be with a team from training camp. It's always mm-hmm. like show up, 
on a 10 day and see what you can do. So hopefully he can get into a rhythm and, and develop with, um, uh, develop a chemistry with some of the, uh, the mainstays. And that would be promising. I mean, I wouldn't mind at all if he was like 15th man on the roster. Yeah, totally. And, you know, just final point on, on Mulder, it's, you know, you made a great comparison. It's like, what does Mulder do that Moses Moody can't do right now? And Moody's bigger, a uh, little less experienced, um, but also, you know, five years younger, whatever. Uh, yeah, bigger, just as good defender, uh, probably will miss just as many clutch shots. So so why not? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, th- I think that slots in really well. So yeah, you're trading um, Moody for Mulder. I was going to make some really bad dad joke about uh, having, they both have two M's in their name. <laughs> And they both have crazy long arms for their height. That's true. Yeah. I don't know. Did you see the press photos of uh, Kaminga and Moody? There's one where, um, I mean, Moody is basically touching the bottom of his shorts, um, just standing still. It's it's incredible. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, but shorts aren't as long as they used to be. It's true. (laughs) It's true. They they were hiked up a little bit, but still, it's pretty impressive. Do you follow those guys on Instagram at all? No. So the Oakland Warriors Instagram, which everyone should follow, it'll follow you back. But Jonathan Kaminga uh, drives a Lamborghini, apparently. What? <laughs> yeah, he he. Is the ink even dry on the contract? I guess that's what the G League money was for, right? The Ignite he, money was for that. Yeah, right? he posted a Instagram story like about being back home in San Francisco, and it was from like behind the wheel of his car and it's like oh a lamborghini i mean i don't know if there's a discount lamborghini (laughs) i don't know if there's like a a city friendly lamborghini that doesn't get two miles per gallon (laughs) but uh did you see the outside of it no 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 but i I want to know what color it is i like this kid he's flashy you know what i mean yeah so you know what he he does not care he's gonna he's just going for it I also just want to touch on really quickly my my final things on Summer League. It's like, man, everything about Summer League is knee-jerk and overreactions and everything. But a lot of the draftees looked really good. I, you know, their, really their skills yeah. will translate. Cade Cunningham's skills, Jalen Green's skills. I mean, their, their teams will still be bad, but they'll be pretty good out there. I am wondering, do you have any any buyer's <laughs> remorse at all on Moses Moody instead of Trey Murphy? Of course. <laughs> I watched I watched that game and <laughs> I mean after like 2 minutes I was like, did we make the right pick? Like he looked good. Trey Murphy looked good and Trey Murphy was our one of our sleeper picks. Uh, a lot of other people's sleeper picks too, but in our pre-draft episode, uh, he he was my sleeper pick, and I stole him from you. So yes. we both had him. Uh, so uh, he looked he looked good. His shot looked good. The defense looked good. Size is good. His ball handling looked good. Yeah. Um, but let's hope Moody. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying not to. I'm trying not to get into that mindset. Uh, Moody has looked good as well so yeah. um you know i i wonder i wonder was it uh it, it maybe if kaminga wasn't there kaminga went sixth and uh 
maybe we end up getting Mitchell at seven and Trey Murphy at, at 14 and, and, and there, there's your, you know, there's your hall. Um, Ultimately, ultimately uh, I feel very good about what we have. So, um, Hey, you know, don't count another team's draft picks. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. I, I also have a little, you know, like, buyer's remorse i mean like we when we did talk about trey murphy as our sleeper pick it was like oh wow he already fits that role too the same role that we say oh wow uh moody already fits that Mm -hmm. role right uh shooting threes uh you know and, and also because Trey Murphy has that background that we love where he had this crazy yeah. growth spurt after playing point guard for most of his life. So we'll see. We'll see. And good for the Pelicans, right? Because the Pelicans in general had a really weird off season, mm-hmm. but that is their, if, if he pans out, which he probably will, cause they're a bad team. So he'll get a lot of playing time his rookie year. So he'll probably play pretty well with, um, with Zion, you know, and so that that'll uh, be good, good for them. But I'm like, oh wow, yeah, six nine, ooh, yeah. There, there's also all of the second year players who, uh, I mean, this is how warped uh, you get when you're watching summer league. Is all all the second year players who did really well, um, and so <laughs> I'm at the point where like, ooh, I can't wait to see Kaminga in next year's summer league. <laughs> <laughs> how good will he be then um let's just yeah. play the season <laughs> come on yeah um, um i i will definitely take kaminga and moody over i mean david mitchell is good he'll be yeah. fine but over mitchell and murphy i just love kaminga's potential and that's totally going to be totally super entertaining all right so i feel like we have to touch on I guess it's kind of an elephant in the room. I don't know. I mean, the Bleacher Report chips, is that what it's called? Interview with Draymond Green and Kevin Durant, where they basically talked about why Kevin Durant left the Warriors, their argument versus the Clippers in LA in 2018. Is that 2018? 2018 yeah why don't you give me your thoughts on that the whole thing in general you know i think it's great they're kicking it in post olympics and they're kind of riding that wave um but i i don't really care to get into the particulars of what they talked about it's more about you know it makes me think about why are we still talking about this it's three years ago um, you know, and it makes me also question, it's like, you know, why are we still talking about this? Are people still interested? Um, and is it because people still hate the Warriors? I mean, I think there was a, we know that when we felt there was a lot of hate for the Warriors in that KD era. Um, yeah, the villains. Yeah. Villains. Yeah. Uh, I just don't know why we're still talking about this. Like, I think we should move on. I think for them, either they've, hash things out a little bit more, but like, I don't know why they're talking about it either. I feel like there was a little bit of revisionist history going on in their, uh, in their chat, um, which is fine. And, you know, we've all, who, who of us has not blamed management for 
our uh, our troubles. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, so that's fine. I don't. Again, I don't really care. But it just makes me more than anything. Maybe it it shows the legacy of that of that Warriors era because the Warriors haven't made the playoffs in the last two years. So why would anybody care? Why should anybody care about the Warriors? And yeah. I think it's I think it's because they were hated. Uh, they were so dynastic, and their legacy will be really um, lasting. And I think it also comes down to their. Uh, and I think part of that matrix is uh, there are segments that dislike Steph um, because he's so much a part of the the Warriors as well. And well, and to be fair, uh, and for good reasons, lots of people who hate Draymond. <laughs> Not us. We love Draymond. Not us. I, it's like, yes, it's my, it's my guy. Let me ask you, did Durant say he would have stayed with the Warriors if this no. didn't happen? No, he yeah. never said so that. Like, it doesn't really make a difference. And I'm kind of... Exactly. I'm kind of in the same boat as you. To me, it just seemed like a a media play, like a ratings grab. I mean, we already talked about how dead it is right now after mm-hmm. Summer League. And this was kind of a way after the Olympics to... Just they probably got together and were like, oh, let's do this. And who cares? I mean, whether or not it's 100% true, I mean, it's all relative, right? Like what happened? I mean, he could have just not gotten into it with KD. They could have just said, hey, Bob, we'll handle this the way it is. I mean, I don't know what else management is supposed to do. And I'm not like siding with management, but I'm just kind of being like, yeah, I I don't have a hard stance on it, honestly, because I just really, really don't care. Like that was so in the past and maybe for some people, maybe in like the, the tabloid nature of social media, of sports media, of hype, all this jazz that they're trying to bring it up again and make some noise. But I had, I think it's like a big nothing burger, you know what I mean? Totally. And it's not journalism, you know? And so like, uh, and it's, it's just pure entertainment, right? Like, and Draymond is so savvy with the media. Totally. And they're very entertaining speakers. Both of them, they will have very strong opinions and they're good at talking and it's nice to hear them talk to each other, but totally. It's not a, it's not a journalistic piece. You know, I see some people on, on Twitter, talking about Warriors fans who are like, oh man, this makes Myers and Kerr look bad. And I'm like, yeah, I guess, but who really cares at this point? You know, like KD was going to leave anyway. Myers looks good because he spun that into ultimately Andrew Wiggins and Jonathan Kaminga. Mm-hmm. Right? So like, whatever, man. Like, and um, yeah, to me, it was just such old news that I, it doesn't change what I think about either of those dudes. You know, I'm still a yep. big KD fan and I will defend him against any weird Warriors fan that like all of a sudden hates him for no reason. You know, I mean, the reason is that he left. I'm like, do you realize he wasn't ours to begin with? You know, <laughs> like yeah, he yeah. came and, and blessed us with his basketball talents. And then he left the same way he came here. So I'll defend him and I'll defend Draymond, even though sometimes like I think Draymond is like, eh, you know, I actually think you're wrong about yeah, this or that yeah. or the other. Sometimes when Draymond talks, great speaker, uh, love him. But sometimes it's just like, ah, I disagree with you on that. And on yeah. this, I, I'm just like, I'm more focused on caring about what happens with, uh, with this squad moving forward. And it's not even like, 
oh, I don't want to look backwards. It's just not interesting to me anymore. Totally. Um, and and I agree with you. Like it's it's revisionist. I mean, if I'm sure Steve Kerr, if Steve Kerr and uh, Bob Myers had their own episode <laughs> of Chips where they talked about it, they'd have a different perspective. Uh, I think you know, that you, you know now you're talking that would be pretty interesting if you could get just the uh, totally candid, um, ask me anything, say whatever you want. You know, on ESPN's website, they link to an article from. 2019, I think, where Draymond and Myers were on Woj's podcast and they talked about it and totally different tone. And yeah, perspective changes. Context matters. So this was like a Bleacher Report tabloid sports style, like have it out, tell all. And I I know a lot of people watched it, but at least in my bubble, like it didn't seem to get too much traction. But then again, it's pandemic. I don't talk to anyone, <laughs> <laughs> but hopefully it doesn't have too, too many legs. Like I saw one of the, some warriors, Twitter's Twitter thing say like, would you trade Draymond green right now? It's like, Oh, come on. Please. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, you know, like, please let's, 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 let's put this to bed. It's uh, it's already, it's already been, it's already been too long. Yeah, it's a media play. They knew it'd be picked up, and um, it's it's good for uh, you know whatever Katie's uh, media enterprise and uh, Draymond's future aspirations. It's good for them. Um, gets people talking, but yeah, uh, it's re- it's really not interesting. It's so long ago. It doesn't matter anymore. It really doesn't matter anymore. Yeah, it it really doesn't, and like to get even to into the nitty gritty of what Draymond and Katie said, it's like, Oh, I'm not going to refute what they said. (laughs) I wasn't there. I'm just, I'm just a fan, you know, Mm -hmm. but to like the context of it all, it's like, okay, sure. Great. That's, that's how you remember it. Awesome. Great. Now, are you going to, Work on your jump shot. <laughs> <laughs> please, please. <laughs> love, love, love Draymond. Love, uh, love the Draymond that can hit 35% from three even better. All right, then. That is another episode of the Oakland Warriors podcast. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcast. You can also listen and watch the episodes on YouTube at youtube.com slash National Film Society. Hit me up on Twitter at Patrick Epino, E-P-I-N-O, or at Oakland Warriors. Hit up Aram and tell him how much you love his takes at Aram Collier, A-R-A-M-C-O-L-L-I-E-R. Check us out at OaklandWarriors.com and be sure to tell your fellow Warrior fan friends to tune in and listen. And if you're so inclined, leave us a five-star rating and say dope stuff about the show on Apple Podcasts. The Oakland Warriors podcast is produced by National Film Society and is a part of the Basketball Podcast Network. That's it. Music in this episode provided by Paper Sun. Special thanks to Paul Amardo for production support. See you next time.